Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. As always, uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, JJ Watt finally picked a team. I uh, wanted to get into some Lamelo ball action. Uh, talk about Zion a little bit more. Uh, Russell Wilson is uh, apparently he might be traded. It seems like that relationship is going south quickly, and uh, he might be on a new team here soon. And then uh, get into Deshaun Watson as well. Um, I guess, yeah, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Uh, apparently, none of the, you know, all the teams that are calling and GMs that are calling, the Houston Texans trying to get a trade going, they're not even answering <laughs> answering their call at all. And, you know, there is reports that uh, Deshaun's not going to play at all for the Houston Texans. He's, he's probably going to uh, sit out. You know, he's going to hold out until he's traded. So I, I don't know why the Texans think they have leverage over Deshaun Watson. You know, we're in the, the player empowerment era for sure. And, you know, in some cases, teams do have uh, leverage over a player, but Houston's not one of them. Houston is just, it's falling apart. You know, they um, they released J.J. Watt, which I'll get into in a minute. They traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, what happened with Bill O'Brien and all these other issues that are going on seems to be a culture issue. Um, but Deshaun, after this was after uh, they traded DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. Uh, they offered him a contract and he signed. So, you know, he I mean, he didn't have to sign. He could have asked for a trade there. But when you got the, the contract in front of you, the proposal, of, you know, you're going to make more money. You definitely take it. So, you know, I think that was smart on his part. Uh, but now, you know, he's he, they're they're kind of in a situation where I think they're just trying to see who who flinches first. You know, Houston, the the organization, the Texans, they're going to take this as far as they can. They're going to keep refusing to to talk to any GMs or other teams about a possible trade, um, and they're going to say, hey, they're keep saying, hey, we're not trading Deshaun. You know, he's going to stay on our on our roster. He's our quarterback, and all this and. We support him, all this crap after, you know, they basically lied to him before. Uh, so with that said, you know, Deshaun, he's already said, his camp has said, they've stated many times, they don't want to play for Houston anymore. He is out. And then he tweets some some not-so-subtle things on Twitter saying, you know, loyalty is everything and all this. And and I just think it's, it's stupid for Houston not to take any calls because, you know, you got to at least understand – you know, the haul that you're going to get back for Deshaun Watson, he's he's 26 years old. He had one of the best seasons uh, in NFL history. He had a career year. You're going to get at least four first-round picks, maybe five or six, depending on the team. One young defensive player uh, who is a rising star. And then you'll, you're for sure going to get the other team's quarter, starting quarterback. So, you know, if there was a trade with Sam Darnold, or the Jets, you would get Sam Darnold, you'd get someone on defense, and get four first-round picks. Like, I don't know, if I'm if I'm Houston, I would take that. You know, Sam Darnold, I think he just needs a, a new uh, change of scenery there, and you know, I think he could still be a good quarterback. He's just had the the bad luck of having a bad coach and and been a bad organization. But now the Jets have a, a strong foundation in place with Robert Sala, and um, you know they got pieces there. Uh, they just need a quarterback now to to play consistently and. You know, I think Darnold can be that guy, but if it's not that guy, go out and get Deshaun Watson. You know, and you know those talks about San Francisco, those talks about uh, Las Vegas. 
And all these teams are going to have to give up their quarterback and multiple first-round picks. But I think he's worth it because he's he's 26 years old, and now you see quarterbacks now uh, playing. You, you see Tom Brady. He just won the Super Bowl at 43 years old. Um, Matt Ryan's still playing. He's with 36, 37. Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP, and I think he's 37 around there too. And uh, Drew Brees, he's likely retiring. What's with Drew Brees too? He said they said that he we're going to hear from him. Uh, about retirement possibly and it, he looked done uh because he had three interceptions in the playoff game against tampa he just looked absolutely just washed and um there has been no traction there they said he was going to make an announcement soon and we haven't heard anything so i don't know what the delay is what the holdup is but um it, either he's kind of messing up the plans there for the saints trying to move on and and acquire another quarterback or whatever but but yeah, you see uh, older quarterbacks playing. You know they, they're playing longer to their career. So if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you got at least ten years. You know it'd be 36, 37, like most likely, unless he gets uh, seriously injured or something. But you know I would make that move because uh, you know he there's a lot lots of teams who are a star quarterback away. Well, I guess you know that's easy to say because a star quarterback could could take you pretty far, could take you to the playoffs, even if you haven't been there, even with a, a depleted roster. We saw what Tom Brady did with no weapons uh, in New England. And I think, yeah, if, if he's on any of those teams that are rumored, you know, he, he gets the, the Jets to the playoffs for sure. I think he wins multiple Super Bowls with the 49ers. I think the Bears were rumored. I don't think the Bears are going to do it, but uh, the Bears have a defense. They got some weapons on offense. Uh, I think they, they could they could win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. Um Probably Las Vegas too. They could do something with him. So, you know, possibilities are endless. I just think it's foolish to to hear to to not take any calls if you're Houston because it's like it's like when you have a job, you've been at this job for a while, you like your job, you know, they pay you well, you know, you don't have any problems with anyone, right? You know, you're you're able to provide for your family and and you overall you enjoy the job. But if you get a, you get a you get a message on LinkedIn. Like, oh, hey, we have this opportunity for you. And then, you know, they tell you, oh, um, they share the the salary information. It's more than what you're making. And then actually you're going to be working in a different role that you would prefer than what you're in right now. You're like, okay, well, you know, I, I can consider that. Maybe I'll message them back and get an interview. It's just, you know, I always I always say that it's always good to listen to, to other offers and other opportunities because you never know there's there's always going to be something better out there in any situation that you that you're in right now currently so um i i just think they got to answer the call and and see what see what offers are on the table because someone might just blow you away then when you find out what the offer was after the fact then you're just gonna feel stupid like oh what they're gonna offer me nick bosa or someone for deshaun watson yeah i'll take that and, and five first round picks and and Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, you're just gonna feel like an idiot, and especially if if your his value it gets decreased because he sits out or whatever the hell the case may be, and then you end up getting less than what you're gonna get before, then it's just a mess. But you know, so speaking of Houston, uh, JJ Watt finally decided on a team. You know, I, I think I had said uh, Pittsburgh. You know, Cleveland was also in the mix, and I believe it was also. Um, Buffalo, and then also Green Bay because he's from Wisconsin. And then out of nowhere, he decides to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. I I don't even know whose radar or if he even had them on the radar or whatever, but um, it seems like a late-in-the-career move. You know, it's warmer weather. 
mediocre team, team no one really cares about, the Cardinals. Like, okay, I can see it. But um, as far as defense goes, he's opposite of uh, Chandler Jones there in Arizona. Um, you know, they got some weapons offensively, but I think it really just comes down to Kyler Murray if he, you know, take that next step. Because last season it seemed like defenses kind of figured him out and he he seemed to have plateaued. But there was some arm injury or something that they weren't really talking about and, and didn't really get addressed. So uh, if he's able to take that next step, then, you know, they can be 10-6 and six, like I thought they would be or 11-5 last year. But uh, they finished 8-8 eight and eight, and they had that Hail Mary game. But, I mean, they didn't, they didn't really do anything. They kind of fell off towards the end of the year. But... Um, you know, J.J. Watt can be a difference maker, especially with Chandler Jones there. You know, they can't double either one of them, so the other one will will be freed up to be able to have uh, more chances of getting more sacks since there's not a main focus on J.J. Watt like there was uh, in Houston. Now, looking at Houston sports, let's see. Take a list of the, the stars they've lost over the last couple of years. Traded DeAndre Hopkins. We all know about the James Harden trade. Traded Russell Westbrook. They lost George Springer, Garrett Cole, J.J. Watt. And then now, uh, whenever it happens, they're going to lose Deshaun Watson. So, uh, tough to be uh, a Houston sports fan. And then also, the World Series that the Astros won recently was, you know, that the trash can cheating scandal. And then they had the camera and the buzzers or whatever. Uh, so yeah, tough, tough uh, deal there for Houston fans. Um, I mean, you guys could just jump ship because Houston is basically the armpit of Texas. It sucks down there. Um, so good luck with that. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he he went on the Dan Patrick show like two, three weeks ago now, and that interview just kind of blew up. Uh, Dan was just kind of pressing him on, uh, you know, what kind of because. I guess what started the whole conversation was that Dan and everyone watching the Super Bowl, you remember uh, Russell Westbrook, not Westbrook, <laughs> Wilson was there with Sierra. At halftime, they were presenting him with the uh, Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year Award. And he was there, you know, they showed him in the booth and stuff, and he was there with Goodell and his wife, and he just looked miserable. He was just there watching. And so Dan asked him, uh, you know, why did you look so miserable and stuff? And basically Russell was saying like, yeah, you know, I want to be there and stuff. You know, I see Tom Brady making the, you know, he's kind of taking shots at, at the, the Seahawks for not letting him make decisions and stuff. Cause everyone wants to make decisions cause they're all GMs apparently now. And, you know, he said that he would like more say in personnel decisions and, uh, signing of, of players and stuff because they did just win Super Bowl with uh, Antonio Brown, the, the Buccaneers did. And, you know, Dan asked him, he pressed him a little bit. And he's like, and Russell came out and said, yeah, you know, I want to be part of those conversations. I think those are good conversations to have, you know, with the organization, blah, 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 and all this. And then he did, he did kind of throw under, uh, throw his offensive line under the bus by saying he's tired of getting hit. And he was getting hit a lot. Which, you know, if you look at the stats, he's been getting hit the most out of any of the other quarterbacks. And he's on pace uh, to, to get sacked the most in, in NFL history out of all the quarterbacks. And, you know, they've had, since Pete Carroll's been there and Russell Wilson's been there, they've had a lot of interchangeable, uh, you know, signings as far as the offensive line goes. They've had some issues there. And, you know, Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. 
and play defense. They don't have the same defense that they used to with Legion of Boom. They don't have Marshawn Lynch there anymore. So they need to let Russell Wilson just, you know, lead lead the offense and and make those plays. You know, he does seem to have a good uh, rapport with DK Metcalf. And, you know, they ha- seem to have something there. But then, you know, they always make the playoffs and then they'll end up losing in the first or second round. Like, they haven't made a deep run in a while. And, you know, they had those two Super Bowl appearances. And, you know, one of them, you know, he threw that interception to Malcolm Butler uh, in the goal line. And then the Patriots won the Super Bowl. So you know there there's some there's still some uh, leftover issues from that, I think uh, like that wasn't fully resolved, but you know you gotta look at this like the Seahawks are always gonna be in play to potentially win a Super Bowl when you have Russell Wilson. So if you trade Russell Wilson, you're you're saying like hey we're you know we're starting fresh we're cleaning the house and you know we're just gonna get all these picks from trading Russell Wilson. I think he's thirty thirty one. You know, he's a very, he's like top five quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, but, you know, apparently his agent came out to the Seahawks and said, you know, we don't want to be traded. We want to stay in Seattle. We like it here. But if we were to be traded, these are the teams we want to go to. And the Bears were on that list, which I thought were, was pretty surprising. He said there's an offensive line there and an offensive minded coach. And, but I thought Nag- Matt Nagy was going to get fired because of what happened with, uh, Trubisky and Nick Foles and everything and then uh, the Saints were on there as well which is pretty interesting because I thought Sean Payton was all in love with uh, with Taysom Hill or, or Jameis Winston but if you have a chance to get Russell Wilson instead of those guys like I think you make the move and you know they you know we all know what they have on offense uh, you know Michael Thomas and uh, Alan Kamara and you know Sean Payton's a, a, a great coach offensively and you know they do have some some weapons on defense too so i, I that that's an intriguing option for him, um, and then he also said Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders, I believe it was, which you know John Gruden's been looking for a quarterback to replace uh, Derek Carr for a while now. Oh, and I think it was Miami too, which is on uh, Deshaun Watson's list too. But apparently, there's also so, something with Sierra wanting to be in a bigger market than Seattle for her career. But and I love Seattle. Seattle's a great city. Like, why wouldn't she want to be there? It rains all the time. You know, you don't have to go out, you know, coffee, all that shit. Like, I love all those things. It's a great city. I would, I'd rather be there than Las Vegas, man. I'll tell you that. Las Vegas is too hot. It's too nasty, too. I just feel grimy every time I get off the plane and I'm in, I'm in Vegas. Just, I, feel, I feel gross. And everyone smells like, like cigarettes. And then there was more to it. Apparently, um, this was back in November of this past season. Uh, he decided to have like a team meeting with uh, I think it was Pe- Pe- uh, Pete Carroll and offensive coordinator, some other people, and then you know he wanted he wanted to be able to it, it was a I don't remember specifically, but it was something about the offense and he had a problem with how the offense was going and in the play calling and stuff. He wanted to have more say in the plays, and apparently the the conversation ended with a big blow up and Russell Wilson stormed out. And they never, they didn't speak of it again after that. And that's kind of where, you know, these, uh, his wanting to, to get out of Seattle started. And, you know, which is kind of weird for Russell Wilson because he's kind of the hokey, like, oh, hey, it's all about the team. And, oh, I love all my, my teammates. I love Pete Carroll. I love, I love the city of Seattle. I'm just here to win. We got to compete. He's just like, you know, he's just so vanilla and like he's so orchestrated. Like he's had a PR team. 
with him since birth. And they're like, hey, you got to say this and you got to say this. And he just always tries to say the right thing, which is obnoxious. I love people who are, who are saying the wrong thing all the time because, you know, it feels genuine. Like I was talking to Bank, I was on the phone with Bank of America earlier today. And she, everything that they say, it's like, okay, like this next person is going to say the same. Like they just say the same thing. Like someone say a cuss word to me when I'm on the phone with you. Just be a normal person. Be a, a real person. I don't want to talk to someone who sounds like they're uh, like they're automated or something. You know, that's what Russell Wilson's like. He, all his responses are automated. Like they're all like the Google suggestions, you know, when you're typing a word. And then it's like Siri repeating them back to you. Like that he's always saying something just boring and lame. That's why whenever he's like in, being interviewed, it's just like, okay, I'm gonna change the channel. Um, but so this was shocking for him to say, and I and I kind of like this side of Russell Wilson because you know he's like, hey man, Brady just won a Super Bowl at this age, at the, his advanced age, and everyone let him make these decisions and stuff because he's Tom Brady. And now Deshaun Watson's, you know, trying to orchestrate a, a trade. He's like, well, I don't think I'm happy in Seattle, so maybe I want out too. And so he's like, man, maybe I got to be a bad guy. You know, I, I'm tired of being this this boring, nice vanilla guy. I got to, you know, take charge of what I want, right? That's what everyone says. So um, I think, I mean, Seahawks have to be stupid to, to trade him, right? But it's like Houston. You got to listen to the calls. Take the calls. But apparently they're taking the calls, but they're not going to trade them unless they get blown away. I feel like if everyone's on the table and is tradable, if the if you know the offer is big enough and it blows them away, um, so I think you know unless Russell Wilson wants to take this further and sit out or something and officially demand a trade, I think he suits up for the Seahawks this next year. Same thing happens; they make the playoffs, they win eleven, maybe twelve games, and then they probably lose the first, second round. You know, good season, but not where he wants to be. And then, then you know, questions start coming up next offseason. I think that's when things kind of pick up. And then, you know, maybe he demands a trade then or what. But if he hasn't officially demanded a trade, then I don't think anything's going to happen. And it seems like he's still playing nice guys. Like, hey, you know what? I want to break up, but, um, you know, I'm not going to demand it yet. These are the teams that I want. I want to be with potentially, but you know, I want this to be a good working relationship. It's like, okay, so do you want to be here? Do you not want to be here? Cause you've already stated, Hey, these are the teams I want to be with. So obviously you have a problem here and you want to leave. Right. So like, like I said about the jobs, like, Oh, well you took the interview. Like, don't you want to leave? So I don't know. He, he kind of has to make up his mind how he wants to play it. Cause it all depends on how he plays it. If he's, if he's moved or not. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, he he plays the Seahawks this season. I believe I strongly believe that because they're they're in the middle of things, and then next season that's when I think things truly start picking up, and then he can he can go to a team. Um, I really like the Saints. That intrigues me a lot. Um, the Bears now not so much. Uh, even Las Vegas would be cool because I think I don't think Derek Carr is the answer. He's just kind of he is what he is. You know, you're gonna you're not gonna get. I mean, you'll get decent numbers, but he's not gonna take you over the top. Put a team on his back and 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 you know get you to the playoffs and and win you a few games in a row and, and get you to the Super Bowl or anything. He's not going to do that. You know he really needs a a consistent defense and a strong run game, which he has. He has a good a good running game. His defense is you know they're all right, but um, you know they're only improving. They're getting better. And uh, you know I thought they were going to make the playoffs last year, or the year before, but. They're just like if they had a better quarterback, if they had a Russell Wilson or someone like that or Deshaun Watson, then they, 
they can go far in the playoffs and, and they can I don't know about winning their division with Kansas City, but they can make a deep run. If you guys watched LaMelo Ball recently, that kid is a real deal. You know, I, I thought when he played overseas and, you know, he, he ended up not playing at UCLA, he was a he seemed like a raw talent but didn't have the discipline because, you know, he had he was playing with different players and, and coaches and, you know, there was a language barrier when he was overseas and you know, his dad was kind of in his head. But man, the the Hornets though in general are just so fun to watch because Lamelo is like he's like six seven. You know he has a bad shooting form. You know as we've seen, but you know it's been going in. You know he has a pretty decent uh, shooting percentage from three. He's a great passer. Uh, he's actually one of the best passers in the NBA already. You know he's always looking up already. He 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 goes. One ahead passes cross court. Uh, he has a great handle. Um, he, he's a good rebounder. He's just an all around good player. I, I want him to get a little bit better defensively, uh, but he's good uh, with shot blocking because he, he's tall. He's he's long. When um, he's just kind of lanky, but man, he's good. And, you know, I think um, he's obviously uh, going to be rookie of the year. But you know, I was thinking the first two picks you have. You have uh, James Wiseman going number two to the Golden State Warriors, you know, which made sense to me. I I, I really like Wiseman. Um, you know, I want him to develop a little bit faster, uh, but he f- he fits with the the organization because they already have Steph and they have Clay and, and Draymond and stuff, and they needed a big to really help them out and uh, with pick and rolls and stuff like that, and um, to help defend you know guys like Anthony Davis or Giannis and and Bead and Gobert and and guys like that, but Man, you know, with Clay out, it would have been really exciting to see uh, Lamelo Ball and and Steph and Draymond and uh, and all those other guys that they have there just playing together. Um, I don't know if if Lamelo would have developed as fast, but you know, him and his camp, you know, they kind of that was a report that came out was that they uh, they kind of bombed their interviews on purpose, you know, try to make it seem like he was a, a immature kid and bad teammate and all that stuff because they wanted to get to Charlotte. They wanted to go to a team where uh, he could be, you know, the focal point of, of the team and can kind of be the star of that team and really put Charlotte on the map. Like, no one has been interested in watching a Charlotte game in a long time, you know. Um, they're just, they've been a boring franchise. You know, they had Kemba, but Kemba's not going to, I mean, he, look what he's doing in Boston. He's not that exciting. And, you know, Lamelo Ball's just, he's just a different type of player. He, uh, he brings eyes to screen people I, if they're on i'm gonna watch them because you know they're exciting like you know i don't i don't really like watching the pelicans you know zion's good but i'll get into that in a bit uh so you know i, I thought it was a it was a good pick for golden state but man it would have been great to see Lamelo and steph playing together because especially with the the season that that steph's having this year and then with Lamelo, because uh, Lamelo, i think he's averaging i want to say 16 let me pull it up here uh he's averaging Basically 16, 15.8, 6, and 6 on uh, 45% shooting from the field, which is, is really good. Um, and then number one, Anthony Edwards with Minnesota. Man, they they messed up. They messed up a lot because they're, what are they, last place in the West right now? They're just, they're not good at all. You know, Anthony Edwards, he has some upside. Um, you know, he's explosive. You see him, he just dunks in people's face. He just destroys a rim someplace sometimes. But his... 
his uh, his jumper is so inconsistent sometimes. And, you know, other times he'll make it here and there, but he's just not a good, he's not a consistent enough uh, shooter for him to be effective. Um, you know, he's very athletic, and he needs a lot of time to develop, you know, maybe two, three-year plan or something, I don't know, where he'll be more consistent. But, you know, I think right now he's coming off the bench. Same with James Wiseman. And actually, same with LaMelo. Uh, they put him in the starting lineup here and there, but because uh, right now Gordon Hayward's injured. Uh, but with Minnesota, if they had Lamelo, they they'd be a much better team, much much more exciting to watch right now. And and Charlotte, um, let me check where they're at in the standings. Because I think right now they qualify for the for the bubble, not not the bubble, the little play in tournament. So you got to be top ten. That's how bad Minnesota is. They're seven and twenty nine. They're just they're so bad. They have nothing going for them at all. Um. Back to Charlotte, they are 17 and 18. They're sixth in the East right now. I really hope they make the playoffs because that's just a fun team to watch. Uh, Terry Rozier is playing well. Gordon Hayward, when he was in the lineup, playing well. And uh, you know you got Lamelo. They're just yeah, they're fun. They do they do things differently. You know they're kind of funky. They got they got cool uniforms and yeah, I'd be really excited to watch them play. You know, speaking of the East, the East is just wide open right now. You have. You know, you have Philly in first place, 24 and, and 12. And then uh, Brooklyn at 24 and 13. And then you have uh, Milwaukee's at 21 and 14. But then after that, uh, fourth place is Boston, and they're 18-17. One game above 500. And just like a couple of days ago, they were in eighth. So between fourth place and... Let's see, Atlanta is 11th place. So Atlanta's in 11th place, and they're at 16-20. and 20. And then Boston, two games above them at 18-17, and they're in fourth place. And then in between all those teams, you have the Knicks in there, which is surprising, at, at just at 500. Miami is 17-18, and then uh, Toronto, same record, and then Indiana. Uh, Atlanta and Chicago at uh, 16-18, and Atlanta is actually 16-20. Uh, but yeah, so the East is wide open in terms of seed 4 through 10, because, uh, you know, you got Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee. Those are the three best teams in the East. Um, arguably, Brooklyn could be the best team in, in, the, in the NBA. Uh, we know where Milwaukee is at um, in terms of, of ceiling. Uh, but other than that, you know, Boston, they should be a lot better, but they've, I don't know, they can't get any help for, for uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I expect them to make a move. Uh, the Knicks have been a nice surprise, you know, since they added uh, Derek Rose. Thibodeau has been, you know, been coaching them well. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of young players. Julius Randle's having a career year, first time um, All-Star this year. And then uh, Miami, I, I expect Miami to pick it up a little bit and, um, and get to the top five seed uh, in the East. So so we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, right now I think I made a, a clear mistake on the Atlanta Hawks, man. They've just been so up and down. Uh, you know, they just fired Lord Pierce, Lloyd Pierce, uh, their head coach. Apparently, Trey Young and John Collins didn't like him. I'm like, who do those guys think they are? Like, come on, man. They're... they're they're like second, third year players and they're already getting coaches fired and stuff. Like you haven't done anything. You haven't even made the playoffs yet. At least make the playoffs. 
make a deep run before you get you get your head coach fired. You know, because uh, remember on draft night, uh, Dallas had drafted Trey Young and traded him to Atlanta for Luca, and Luca has like no weapons right now. No one like barely any help on offense or uh, on the team at all besides Przingis, who's just kind of hit and miss right now. And you know they start off really slow, I think, because Luca was out of shape. But then now they're they're eighteen sixteen. They're eighth in the West right now, so they'd be in the playoffs. But imagine if Luca had the same guys that Trey Young has in Atlanta. I think with those with the that supporting cast that uh, Trey Young has, if if Luca had that, he'd be at least top four in the West right now, right? And I think Dallas's biggest mistake was uh, letting Seth Curry go, trading him, but. Yeah, that just kind of bothered me with Atlanta that they got their their coach fired and you know they're they're just sixteen fourteen or sixteen twenty. It should be a lot better. Um, it's still pretty early and still pretty wide open uh, in the East, as I said earlier. So you know they could still make a move or you know get higher up in the standings. Uh, Washington, they're not they're not last place anymore. Uh, you got Detroit there at ten twenty five. Uh, they're gonna buy out uh, Blake Griffin here soon because no one wants to trade for him. So I don't know where he's gonna go, but. Um, yeah, Washington could they could move up in the standings too. So I'm not completely wrong on that. That it was, um, yeah, still early. So we'll see. And then in the West, uh, you know, Utah they've they've been kind of hit and miss. They just lost to uh, the Sixers, and then there was like a bad call at the end where uh, Donovan Mitchell got ejected. But they're still 27 and nine. You know, they're staying afloat uh, with the one seed. And then the Suns they passed the Lakers uh, into the second seed after they beat them a, a few days ago the 23 and 11 you know and everyone was complaining about Devin Booker because of the All-Star game and stuff but you know did they know that Anthony Davis was injured and then when they're injured they got to pick a replacement and then most likely Devin Booker was going to get selected like everyone's always crying about the All-Star game it's so annoying they tweet oh LeBron tweeted oh Devin Booker is the most disrespected like dude he's not the most disrespected player when's the last time Devin Booker made the playoffs like during the regular season when is the last time he made the playoffs have you seen Devin Booker in conference finals or at least the second round or anything no I haven't seen him I've seen him score what was it he scored 71 points against the Celtics and lost and then took pictures in the locker room like he was Will Chamberlain I remember that like he's a great player but come on let's not Let's not say uh, Devin Booker is like some sort of MVP candidate because he's not, or like he's gonna lift his team up single-handedly and go to the finals like LeBron did in 07. Like, come on, Devin Booker's never been that dude. I don't know if he will be that dude, but you know they they put Chris Paul in uh, the All Star game before Devin Booker. You know why? Because the like there was a few differences with this roster. They signed you know Jay Crowder and some other uh, role guys that are some glue guys, but they brought in Chris Paul. And since they brought in Chris Paul, you know, last year with Devin Booker, you know, equally efficient, you know, he started off slow this year, but last year they got into like the little play in tournament and they played really well, but then they ended up losing to, to Portland and Portland, you know, went on to, um, to play the Lakers. But now that they added Chris Paul, Phoenix is number two at 23 and 11 in the West with all the other guys pretty much being the same roster wise. So what does that tell you? Like, Chris Paul is more important to that team than Devin Booker because he's the one who got who's getting that getting them to that next step, and they're a legit candidate to at least go to the conference finals. 
I don't think they'll go to the the uh, NBA finals. So I think uh, you know LA could beat them. Um, you know maybe Utah. I'm starting to like Phoenix more than Utah right now though. But they're just playing so well, and they're they're really fun to watch. And you know the other day I think Chris Paul only had nine points and, and ten assists, but then Devin Booker got ejected, and they still beat the Lakers. So I mean that's an injured injured uh, Lakers team. But yeah, like come on, there's a reason why Devin Booker wasn't selected like first to be. Uh, in the all-star game you know he started off really slow and and the team goes because of chris paul it's not going because of devin booker like devin puts his numbers up and and you know he's a great player but he needs to make other guys around him better which chris paul is doing and chris paul he he's taking on that leadership role like he does in other teams um you know throughout the years of his career like he's just a great leader and he could he could get the most out of out of his guys out of the guys on his team so I'm I'm just I'm so sick of hearing people cry about it like oh he's not on the All Star team like okay then who are you gonna take off the All Star team like have him who is he gonna replace then if if you want him on there so bad who is he gonna replace pick one person to to replace I'd rather have Chris Paul on there than Devin Booker because of what I just said so I don't know it's just people are always complaining it's like dude they're gonna pick him anyway because Anthony Davis is injured and the commissioner has to pick everyone. So the commissioner is going to, he should just check Twitter and say, oh, Devin Booker, everyone's crying about Devin Booker. Oh, let me pick him. Like, come on, man, get off that. Obviously, if you didn't make the All-Star team, there's, if you're not a for sure lock every year, then you're not, you're not where you need to be. Like, take that next step then. I will say I was upset about the uh, Luka getting voted starter over Dame. Like, come on, Luka at the time was like in 12th place and Dame at the time was like in second place. Um. But yeah, and then third you got you got the Clippers twenty four and thirteen. You know, I, as I said in the beginning of the season, that's a perfect place for them to be. You know, third seed because you know what happened with the bubble and there's not a lot of focus or emphasis on them at all. I think people are really talking about people aren't talking about Utah as much, but you know, Utah's a, a, a topic. Uh, a Phoenix, and you know, the Lakers. The Lakers just got to stay top three. Right now they're in fourth, but they're tied with the Clippers. Uh, they just got to ride it out until Anthony Davis comes back. It's the perfect time for them to take that break uh, with All-Star Weekend uh, because, you know, they, they need to get healthy. You know, they had Schroeder in and out of lineup, but, you know, they've been able to scrape out some wins. And then you finish off with Portland. San Antonio has been, been pretty good. Uh, Denver picking up steam. Uh, Dallas finally getting some wins there. And then Golden State and Memphis round out uh, the teams that would be in the play-in. And then you have New Orleans at 15 and 20, but, you know, they, for some reason they're on TV all the time, you know, and it's because of Zion. Um, you know, Zion, if you look at his highlight reel, there's no jump shots or anything, and that's fine. There doesn't need to be any jump shots because when he's coming at you, he's driving the basket. He's just like a he's like a little pickup truck or like a school bus. No one can stop him. He just, like, moves bodies around. He There was that, uh, that clip of... Uh, that game against the Bucks, he was just, he just went right at Giannis, and Giannis could not stop him. And whenever someone tries to body him, like he's just so powerful, and he's like a, a soup, even more souped up uh, Charles Barkley. But he has a better handle. You know, sometimes he'll bring the ball up, and you know he he'll go coast to coast on the court. He's just going straight for the rim, and no one can stop him. And he just goes up and dunks it. So I don't think he really even needs a jump shot right now, but. I, I want to know why it's all right for Zion to do that and not have, not have to evolve and shoot outside threes or why the media isn't like, oh, why isn't Zion shooting? Why is, he, why is he scared to shoot? But then they're always talking about Ben Simmons shooting. They're talking about Joel Embiid shooting. 
They still talk about Giannis's shooting. Look, not everyone has to evolve with how the game is evolving. You know, there's some players that are valuable that are just going to score in the paint all the time. You know, um, like like Zion or and and Giannis. Like Giannis doesn't need to force his jump shot. As I said in the, in the past, he you know he needs other people around him who who are able to get that jump shot and able to score. You know that that mid range shot. But if Giannis is just in the in the paint and just putting up thirty right there in the post. That's fine. I mean, we've been seeing uh, Embiid, who's having an MVP type season. He's just been eaten in the in the post. Like no one can stop him. He had forty points against uh, Gobert, who's supposed to be his defensive player of the year, and then cried about it because he wasn't all, like, come on, all, all these guys. But you know, he dominates in the paint too. And like, so if you're dominating the paint, who cares if you don't have a jump shot? You're a center. Like you don't, you shouldn't have a jump shot anyway. If we're talking about the you know the history of the game, it's like Shaq when he was with the Lakers. He was so dominant, and you know everyone knew he couldn't shoot a free throw. So Popovich started fouling him, Hackashack, whatever. But you, you, you know, you know the defense is going to be drawn around him because he's in the paint and he's going to dunk. So then he would have to, he'd have to pass it around, and then you got wide open shooters. So you can still do that in today's NBA with Giannis, Embiid, Zion. I just want to know why Zion's getting the pass for not for not shooting the basketball or, or not having a jump shot right now. And like, that's okay. You don't have to have one. I just don't think we should be forcing it on, <coughs> on Giannis and, and, and other guys as well. Like just, if they're just going to, if they're unstoppable in the paint, then let them be unstoppable in the paint until teams can show that they can stop them in the playoffs, which, you know, teams have shown that they could stop Giannis in the playoff in the paint when, when this comes uh playoff season. But, you know, I think it's it's the guys around him. You know, like I said, that have to sh- hit more consistent jumpers. Same with Joel Embiid. Except, you know, Embiid can shoot the three if he needs to. You know, he he has a good percentage out there, and then um, so he he could play inside and out. But which, but I do like that he's been more more dominant inside. But with Zion, it's like, yeah, you know, he he's gonna he's gonna beat you inside almost every time. And I think in the playoffs, there'll probably be different defensive sets or different ways coaches will will try to strategize how to stop them. And then they're going to force Brandon Ingram uh, to beat him. But that's if they make the playoffs. You know, he's he's developing and he's getting better every um, every game. But you know, he's he's not a, he's not LeBron James. Like we need to. I hope people are stop will stop comparing him to that because he's more of a a Charles Barkley, I think, but more but with a better handle. Um, but, you know, because similar build, and, you know, he's just he's just a beast down down low. And, um, yeah, it would be exciting to watch him uh, progress uh, over the years because he's still really young. You know, he he, he played at Duke barely. And they, like, just a couple years ago, he was in high school. So, you know, it's like same with same with uh, a lot of these young guys. It's just, you know, they're still young, and there's still, still time to develop and stuff like that. But... Um, I was kind of bummed out that he didn't sign up for the, um, he didn't agree to do the, the slam dunk contest this year. I thought it would be good, because um, you know this year they're doing they do the slam dunk contest and the three point uh, competition, everything at halftime of the All Star game. They're like just forcing all of it this year, and I don't think they should be doing it at all. But whatever, that's what they want to do. It's their, it's their prerogative, you know. Um, and, and I remember the, a couple episodes ago. I talked about the Houston Rockets and how I like them. You know, they're hungry. They got a chip on their shoulder, and you know they're tough and all this stuff. And man, they uh, they let go to Marcus Cousins, and 
Christian Wood's been in and out of the lineup. He's been out for a while. Oladipo, they they offered him a two year um, extension, you know, a lot of money, and he turned it down. Apparently, he wants to go to uh, Miami. Like I said, um, you know, there was rumors, you know, last year. I think uh, they were trying to get him over there, and then New York is intrigued by him too. Uh, they're they're looking at him as a as a valuable asset, but they've lost thirteen games in a row now. Yeah, thirteen. And you know, at the time of the podcast, you know, they were they were seventh or eighth in the West, and you know they were looking good. They were staying competitive with guys, but now they're just they're totally out of it. You know, and my over under prediction early on in the season was correct, and then I changed it because I thought, you know, I liked watching them, and now there's no excitement there. They're not they're not fun to watch anymore. So um, Silas, I think he's going to be a good coach, but. You know, it's just you don't you don't have the talent there. The consistent the consistent talent, I should say, is uh, you know, you got injuries and things like that, and um, you know, they're just out of it. I think a lot of these guys are either going to get traded or or something's going to happen. Like I think uh, P.J. Tucker has some interest from the Lakers, uh, the Bucks, the Nuggets. Uh, who else? Probably Dallas. You know, he's he's like thirty five, thirty six, so he's he's kind of on his last legs there. You know, probably a couple of years of or a year, not even a couple, just, yeah, probably one more season of, you know, quality defense, you know, but they, they can play him in spurts, you know, he could he could play a 25 minutes game. He doesn't have to play center like he was last year uh, when they were going all full uh, small ball with D'Antoni. That was crazy. He was just getting beat up, and, and he was already, you know, on the back end of his, his career. So I would like to see him uh, with Denver. You know, they they need some help defensively, and I think he'd be good with that. He could, could be a kind of defensive specialist for them. Oh, this just came in. Uh, they just finished the All-Star game draft. Uh, LeBron had the first pick. He picked Giannis. Uh, Team LeBron comes out like this. They have Curry, Giannis, Luka, uh, Jokic, Lillard, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Paul George, uh, Sabonis, uh, Rudy Gobert, and Chris Paul. And then uh, Team Durant, you got uh, Kevin, uh, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Devin Booker, Zion, uh, Nikola Vucevic uh, from Orlando, and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, so some, I think I'd take Team LeBron right there. Switching gears here, my final topic of the podcast. I want to talk about Les Miles, uh, former head coach of LSU football and then and Oklahoma State and current coach of Kansas. I think he's, uh, he's coaching Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, so there was there was a a, a, a sexual harassment investigation uh, by LSU. They did an independent investigation and. Apparently, Les Miles has been going to court for a while now uh, because he didn't want any of the details to come out. And then he finally just gave up and he's like, all right, you know, the details are going to come out. So here it goes. Uh, So in 2013, Les Miles was accused of texting female student uh, workers on a burner phone. So meaning, you know, it's a it's one of those phones you buy at Walmart and you don't have to give your ID and all that crap and. Um, and so he would drive them alone. And according to one student, he, he kissed her and then, and then offered and then actually suggested he he kissed her and then said, Hey, we should go, uh, we should go to a hotel room. It's like, what the fuck? Okay, dude. Um, and then, so what, this was while 
he was still coaching there, I believe. And yeah, because he got fired in 2016. And then, so what happened was, you know, these students, these female students reported that to the administrators at, at LSU. And, you know, they talked to Les Miles like, hey, man, basically this is what the fuck they said. They said, hey, Les, we know, we know you like fucking around or trying to fuck around and, and doing inappropriate things. But we're warning you, man, don't do it again, because if you do this again, <clears throat> we're going to fire you. And there was actually a rule there that he could he was not allowed to to be around any female students at all. And they kept this under wraps with administration and, and less miles. And, you know, it finally got released eight years later, you know, and and you know, he, he continued to do it. You know, and then he ended up getting fired in twenty sixteen because the team started uh the, the season two and two. Um, and then there's some other stuff in here. So yeah, like, come on, like I, you're, a, you're supposed to be a, a leader and, you know, an adult and, and you can't trust your head coach to be, you know, alone with, with female students one-on-one, like, cause you, you don't trust him. He's that's, that's a predatory thing. That's a predatory behavior right there. And then of course, you know, what every powerful you know like rich guy or uh white guy what they always say these predator types it was like oh you know i was a mentor to them like okay dude yeah i I don't remember the last time my mentor tried to kiss me or grope me or suggest that we go we go we go to a hotel room oh what are we gonna do the hotel we're gonna work on my resume are you gonna work on my linkedin profile and uh, work on my interview skills and stuff and help me get a job where i want to work yeah fuck off man and this was, yeah, 2013 LSU, Les Miles and attorneys agreed that nobody who received a request for a copy of the inv- investigation would release it without a final order of a court of competent jurisdiction requiring such release, which is what happened. They they filed a, a, a lawsuit for the copy of the report, and then uh, Les Miles withdrew his objections, which made it public, and LSU LSU agreed to release it. And everyone else finally uh, received received a copy of it. <clears throat> so he would he would text female students. He would and then he would invite them to to go to his condo alone. Um, and then, but he didn't have any sexual relationships with any of the women. Uh, of course, he denied kissing the girl. And yeah, and then he says, yeah, nothing. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just mentoring young women at the university. Like, okay, dude, no one asked for your mentorship. Yeah, why don't you go be uh, Governor Cuomo's mentor? There you go. You guys could be each other's mentor because he does the same thing. He wants to mentor young women and and grope them and kiss them and and try to have sexual relations with them while while he's married and they're they're just trying to work and further their careers. Fucking asshole. And apparently, Les Miles had. Uh, student workers who helped football team, the football team's lure top recruits needed to be attractive, blonde, and fit, according to the investigative report. Existing student employees who did not meet his criteria should be given fewer hours or terminated. So, just based on your looks, you're going to get fired there. Okay. Um, and then there's more to the report. You can look that up. It's now it's public information that it has been released. 
Uh, but man, fucking classic, right? You know, you get someone of authority, high power, and then there's, you know, lower level employees who the, the person finds attractive and then sexually harasses them and sometimes physically, um, you know, just, and the, the people aren't gonna, there's always people who say, oh, well, why are you in that situation or whatever? And you know, it's fucking, it's less miles He's a coach of the team. And you know, you want to work in sports, or whatever, like I could see how you can be in that situation. Same with, with Cuomo, you know, fucking dickhead over there. Everyone was saying that he's he's the governor of America, right? Everyone loved how he was response with COVID and stuff. Come on, man. Like, what a what a skis. And then today on Good Morning America, I saw he was saying, like, oh, I did not touch anyone or anything. And then there's a picture of him holding someone's face and him asking her to, um, her, him asking if he could kiss her and stuff like that. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, you're abusing your power and your authority that you know you have over these women. And, you know, because most of them aren't going to say anything because, you know, they don't want to rock the boat or anything. But you know what? I'm glad people are saying stuff about it now. And, and the thing with Les Miles has been, people have been knowing about that since 2013. And then finally, they got these these um, these documents released. And now everyone can know what a piece of shit Les Miles is. He's 67 years old, man. What is he doing trying to fucking go have sex with with college students you know like what in what world dude like get out of here with that crap man don't be a creep man go go home to your wife and just keep it in your pants and don't be a fucking asshole man come on that is my podcast for this week uh thanks for joining me